<laughs> oh my gosh, what is that? I don't know, something touched my leg. Oh! Today's podcast, fear. What do you fear? Let's talk about it. Well, hey there, guys. It's Shadrach. I'm back in the studio today with a special guest, Matt Hainum. Hey, Matt, say hi to everybody. How's it going, guys? That's Matt's way of saying, how's it going, guys? Well, as we uh, stated in the intro, today's topic is fear. Before we get started, I have a history fact. And so we're going to start by asking you a question. Let's see if you can guess... Who said this? And then at the end of the podcast, I will reveal who said it. So here it is. Who said the only thing to fear is fear itself? And if you can guess who said that and the year, you get 100 woke points. That's right. I said it. 100 woke points. Okay, so I thought it would be fun, Matt. We're going to start out today talking about common fears, and then we're going to talk about some funny or not-so-funny fears. So let's go through this list of common fears. These are fears that you may have, that I may have, that everybody may have, that are kind of just common to humanity. And then the funny or not-so-funny ones are fears that people have that aren't normal. So let's let's go over a, a few of the normal ones first. So agro, agro, now these are going to be really hard to say, okay? Agoraphobia is the fear of open spaces. All right. Acrophobia, the fear of heights. This one I don't even know if I can say. Terramerhanophobia. I don't even know if that's right, but it's the fear of flying. And then you guys have heard of claustrophobia, fear of enclosed spaces. I definitely have had that one on flights or being stuck in the back of a small car. Where I've just thought, if if something happened and I got stuck in here, I would not like that, right? And then there's entomophobia is the fear of insects. Ophidophobia, fear of snakes. Ophidophobia. Cynophobia, the fear of dogs. That sounds like you're talking about like you're fearing of sin. Anyway, that's a good fear to have though. Anyway astrophobia the fear of storms and this last one i know a lot of people have it's trypanophobia is the fear of needles okay now these ones we hand selected because they're pretty funny so forgive us if we start laughing so hard (laughs) that we can't stand okay so here's the first one papaphobia just get just try to guess what that sounds like fear of your dad right no You'd be wrong if you said it's a fear of your dad. It's the fear of the Pope. Papaphobia. <laughs> All right. So, ax. No, xanth- xanthophobia. Oh, xanthophobia. Um, the fear of yellow. Didn't That's, what, what happens when you see caution signs? I don't know. A taxi? You wouldn't survive <laughs> you a in New York. No way. Linenophobia. The fear of string. All right, here is a ridiculous one. Um, a arachnophobia, uh, the fear of butter stick, uh, peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. I felt like I had peanut butter on the roof of my mouth trying to say it. My dog actually has that fear. And then there's philophobia, the fear of love. And then 
Globophobia, the fear of balloons. This one, I think, is pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) Anatia de phobia, the fear of being watched by a duck. Could you imagine if you looked outside your house and you saw a duck? You're like, I knew it! They're watching me! Seriously! These guys, everywhere I turn, there's ducks! They're in the CIA! Uh, <laughs> this next one, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go ahead and do this next one. I think I, I, have I won't a, be able to do. I it. think I have a better chance of pulling this one off than than Matt does. But it's a it's a really hard word. Okay, hip hop, hip hop, atomonostrosis equipped delaphobia. No joke. It's like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. It's it's like that long of a word, and. The fear is so fitting. I think it's made up, but it's the fear of long words. Yeah, that's. I had a fear of trying to say it, so I'm glad you took that over for me. Um, the next one is nomophobia, the fear of losing mobile phone service. So, nomo service, like nomo service. You get the fear of nomo service. I think that that one is probably a common fear for more people. It should actually be up in the common fears. People having a fear of losing their mobile phone service. And the last one here is is pretty funny. I don't know. I don't know how this works out, but consa. Oh boy, consatelophobia, the fear of chopsticks. See, but this might be legitimate because I've literally been to like sushi restaurants where my sister, um, she couldn't figure out the chopsticks and she asked for chopsticks and the dude just yelled out, baby chopsticks. And he brought her over (laughs) a little plastic piece to help her with her chopsticks. So no way. That's what they do for grace. If we go somewhere and there's sushi and they got to have chopsticks, they, they have this little plastic thing and they, they can literally just slip the chopsticks into it and you're good to go. So, but would that be the fear of looking like a fool trying to use chopsticks or would that be, cause this is the fear of chopsticks. So meaning if the chopsticks are just laying there, you're freaking out over them. Like a cruel joke that you would pull on your friend is to leave a pair of chopsticks like at their front door. So they can't go in their house. Yeah. I don't know. I just two pieces of wood. It's I don't know. It's just wood, right? Hopefully. I mean, some of these other ones, like the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. I would like to know the backstory on some of these fears, right? So there's always a good reason that people have a fear. Uh, And maybe the word phobia is, is kind of blown out of proportion. But listen, we all have fears. And so my question is, what are you afraid of? And how should we handle fear? So let's look at a couple of Bible verses. And Matt and I are just going to have a dialogue about how we've personally handled uh, sort of these fears that we have had, because we all have, right? So 2 Timothy 1.7, 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So as Christians, I get it, and we do have some fears, but there's tons of Bible verses. We're going to look at a few today. There's tons of Bible verses encouraging us to not be fearful. Now, I want you to keep this in mind before we move forward, okay? And that is that God knows that you and I are going to have fears. That's why we're given these verses. It's not like there's just one verse that's like, don't be fearful. And if you're fearful, you're not really a Christian. There are normal fears that we all face. There's anxieties that we have. And then the Bible has the answers. So today we're going to look at 
What do we do when we have fears? Because right now, uh, Matt, you and I are seeing all kinds of people just be really fearful about the season that we're in. And when, when I say the season we're in, we're in this COVID season. L.A. just announced they're extending the stay-at-home order for another three months. And so people uh, are watching the TV and they're listening to the news too much and they're getting fearful. So, Matt, looking at 2 Timothy 1.7, how, how have you had to apply this verse throughout your life? Um, I think it's a great verse just to remind ourselves. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And when we have that spirit of fear, we can automatically go to this verse and say, this isn't from God because God is a loving God. And as we'll look down at other verses, fear involves torment. And so that's not from the Lord. And so when we have this mindset of fearing, we know we can go to this verse and we can rely upon this verse and trust in the promises of God and surrender it to him. I believe it. I don't know exactly what verse it is, but it says, take every thought captive into the obedience of Christ. And when you have these fears, you go to God with them. You take them captive and you take 2 Timothy 1, 7 and you apply that verse to that verse and you, you join them together and you realize, man, I'm not supposed to have this spirit of fear. Exactly. Now, have you ever been so afraid that you made a, a sudden decision that ended up being worse than the fear itself? Do you have any stories? Like, have you ever been so scared you just made an instant decision that ended up being a wrong decision? Um, off the top of my head, no, <laughs> no, not that I can think of. Um, different fears. Let, let me share a story from when I was little. I thought I would give Matt a chance, but let me let me share a story from when I was a little kid. My uncle and my aunt took me to Universal Studios, and I don't know if the guy still stands out. And it wouldn't be the same guy, obviously, but when I was a kid, you'd go in line, and you, know, you would wait to get inside the park, I'm guessing, so it's like being outside the gate, and you're waiting to get in. You've got your tickets, and I just remember being in line, and there was there was a what I thought was a statue of Frankenstein. And what happened was, when I got closer, that guy decided to target me. And I had to have been about four years old. And he bent over and he went, like that. And that's, I freaked. And as a result, believe it or not, I had nightmares about Frankenstein up until high school. You heard me correctly until high school. Now, you might be laughing and thinking that's ridiculous, but that's where I think some of those other fears come from. They happen when we're little, you know, we have a bad experience with something. I'm sure there's a Frankensteinophobia or something that you could say that I had when I was little and I surely did. But I would have a dream literally where I would be in my house with my parents and I would go to my bedroom for something and try to come out of my bedroom and all the lights around me would dim. And then there's green glow would come in my bedroom and Frankenstein would show up. And I'd wake up so freaked out that I would just get up out of my bed and run. And I can remember one time running and falling down and getting hurt. So that's what I'm talking about. Just making split decisions based on fear. And I want you to note in 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love. Remember, love 
as we'll see in 1 John 4, 18, love, there's a connection between God and love and fear. But he also says a sound mind, because when you have a sound mind, you don't react to the fear. You have the fear, but you don't react to the fear. So, Matt, why don't you go ahead? Let's read 1 John 4, 18 and talk about that verse. Yeah, 1 John 4, 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Exactly. And that's the thing is when we have fear, like I think that the love is pushed aside for a moment and there's torment. And Satan, who is the antithesis of love and the antithesis of, you could say, peace and safety, Uh, would love for you to freak out. So whatever maybe is going through your mind, then Satan comes along and he amplifies it. Imagine he dumps uh, 500 watts into it, puts it on a megaphone, and makes it sound worse than it is. So perfect love is important. And then in Luke chapter 12, verse 4, listen to what Jesus says. He says, My friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after have no more that they can do. Now, that doesn't sound very encouraging, right? It's like, don't be afraid of people who can kill you. You're like, oh, wow, thanks, Jesus. That's super encouraging. That's a verse I'm going to get tattooed on my arm. Don't be afraid of those who can kill you. Right? Yeah. And then, but he doesn't stop there. He says, I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has the power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. And so it's for us as Christians, it's putting it into perspective, okay? Not that as Christians, we're going to get cast into hell, but there is only so much a person on this earth could do to us. And after that, if they killed us, we'd go to heaven. And by the way, that's not such a bad thing, right? No, going to heaven would be obviously the best thing that could happen to us. Yes, it would be sad for our family, but for us, we scored, right? I'd be in heaven, walking with Jesus, walking with saints of old, having conversations with Paul and Peter, James, Don, John, and for sure I'm going to look for Meshach and Abednego, and I'm never going to let them leave my side so that when people go, hey, Shadrach, where's Meshach and Abednego? I can be like, right here. But wouldn't there be two Shadrachs then? Then there would be two Shadrachs. There'd be the OG Shadrach and then the not-so-OG Shadrach. Shadrach from the OC, kind of. I, I'd be, the, And that's actually true. I'd be the OC Shadrach because I was actually born and raised in Orange County. See? It all comes together. And little fun facts you learn along the way, right? So then Hebrews 13 uh, verse 5 says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And so that's a, I mean, just kind of dovetails right into what Jesus said in Luke 12 there. Yeah, and just thinking about this, I was studying and reading through Deuteronomy 1, and the children of Israel come to the promised land. God literally promised to give them this land, and they come and they see the giants, and they see the fortified cities, and they get freaked out saying God doesn't love them, and that they let their fear control them, and they actually miss out on the promises of God. So fear and not thinking that God is going to go with us or be our helper in things that he promised us to do, like giving us an abundant life, right? We miss out on those promises because of fear. It robs us. You know, it's interesting that you said that because then if you think about David and Goliath, right? 
Goliath and the Philistine army was on one side of a valley, and the Israelites were on the other side, and David's brothers and King Saul, right, and all the Jews who have the living God as they're covering their their armament, they're, they're everything, right? Is is with them on that side, and the Philistines on the other side don't have God on their side, and the Philistines are sending out Goliath, who's taunting the Israeli army. And what happens? David shows up, and he's like, "Hey, who's this big mouth Philistine over here?" Right? Yeah. He's just like little short. And I could imagine all the other guys like when they were like, "David, zip it!" I could imagine they're looking at Goliath and looking at David, and like, "What could you possibly do? You're a runt." Okay, but when David was sizing up the giant, Matt, who was he comparing the giant to? Yeah, he was definitely comparing it to the God of Israel, not himself. That's for sure. It's important that you remember that because sometimes we have fear. We can have fear of what's going on in the world around us, right? Oh, no, the government. You know, what are we going to do? And and we get fearful. But we got to remember, we have God on our side. We don't need to fear anybody. We don't need to fear man. We don't need to fear human governments. We don't need to fear anybody because we have the Lord. And when the Lord tells us to do something, he's going to be there with us. And that's the that's the best peace that you could possibly have. Now, listen, Psalm 4, 8 says, I will both lie down in peace and sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me to dwell in safety. Matt, read Isaiah 35, 4. And this is a legit verse. This is something that you might want to get tattooed on you, but talk to your parents. Anyway, uh, Isaiah 35, 4 says, Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with a recompense of God. He will come and save you. Man, that verse is amazing. But remember, you know, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who stood up to a tyrannical government for their day, They refused to bow to the image. They were warned of the consequences, which was, you will be thrown into the furnace. And they refused to do that. By the way, only three Hebrew children, uh, commentators speculate, Daniel could not have been there because Daniel would not have bowed down to the image. So he must have been somewhere else. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are there. But literally, hundreds of thousands of other Jews were bowing down in fear. And these three stood up and... They get chucked into the fire, and what does it say? That there was another in the fire with them, right, who turns out to be Jesus, and they're delivered out of the fire. So we have to remember when we look at these verses, they're not just fanciful words to make you feel good. They're verses that are in the Bible for us to stand upon and to see how God delivered great saints of old. And if he didn't, and they said this, If we get delivered, great. If we don't, we refuse to bow to your ways. And so for us as believers, the same thing is true today. Matt, last thoughts before we wrap up. Yeah, and just thinking about what you just said, it's even if he doesn't deliver us, think back to Luke 12, 4 through 5. It's better to fear him who he's going to supply our way to heaven. Mm -hmm. So even if we don't get delivered and we, we are punished for doing what's right in this life, Peter says we're blessed for doing that. And so we shouldn't have that fear of, man, I don't want to be disciplined. No, we need to do what's right and leave the consequences up to God. And we know that God will uh, bring vengeance one day and then that we'll be with him. I can't wait for that day. Uh, And I think that day is a lot closer 
than we realize. And listen, as we wrap up, I just want to remind you, you know, we all have fears. And I think that the great men of old had those fears. You know, Joshua had fear and God said, be of good courage. God came alongside him and encouraged him. I think of Gideon, who was fearful and he was gleaning wheat in a, if I remember correctly, it was a wine press, right? And he was doing it so he wouldn't be caught by the Midianites. And Jesus shows up and says, hey, mighty man of valor. And he's like, me, right? I mean, Gideon isn't somebody that you and I would go pick to be a Navy SEAL. And so God came alongside, God strengthened him and saw him through that fear, and they got to see the deliverance of the Lord. And I think that it's important that we remember that we're going to have fears as humans, but we have God's word to stand on. These aren't weak little promises. And so my encouragement to you is, is when you're fearful or think about what is it that you're fearful of, do what Matt and I did, okay? We went to the concordance of our Bible. And if you don't have a Bible with a concordance in it, uh, let's get you one. Let us know. We'll try to help you figure it out. Uh, there's concordances online. You can look at the Strong's Accordance but or concordance. But these things are tools that will help you find the verses that appropriately apply to the circumstance or the situation that you're going through. Now, before we... Before we call it a day in this podcast, uh, let's go back to our quote at the beginning, right? This history question I asked, who said the only thing we have to fear is fear itself? If you guessed John D. Rockefeller, you would be wrong. But if you guessed Franklin D. Roosevelt, you would be correct. Now, for a bonus 100 woke points, what year? If you guessed... 1933, you would be correct. It was at an inaugural address, March 4th, 1933. So listen, that's all we have to say about fear. We hope you had a good time. We hope you learned a lot. This is Shadrach signing out. And Matt, see you guys later. Till next time. Peace out, guys. Have a great day.